Pizzuri gets to Nisna, makes a nice move in across the line, drops it back, connected, connected, cuts the shot, they score! Oscar Lindblad buries it, and the power play goal ties this game in two! This is episode 66-0 of the Liberty Y'all. I'm here with Chris Stompo and Chris Mayer. Yeah, both Chris's, huh? About time we got Chris Mayer on. I've been trying to get him on for a minute. Chris, how are you doing? What's up, guys? Uh, thanks for having me on. It's uh, It's been a while. Uh, since I think we've we've kind of sat down and, and uh, talked like we used to on Xbox, but um, yeah, it's uh, I'm happy to be here and uh, thanks for having me. No problem. Also, I'm dubbing this episode the official funeral of both the Flyers <laughs> and Phantoms. Yeah, and the Phantoms. Never thought I'd be saying that a week ago when I said we were going all in on this podcast on the Phantoms, but unfortunately, no playoffs for for Cam York. No playoff run for the Phantoms. Let's just have a couple more regular season games, and then let's just go play Warzone, I guess. Because I mean, that's at this point, do you even rush York back if there's no playoffs? I mean, like you want to get him games, and like the Chuck has said that he he's probably going to get some NHL games. But at this point, same thing with Hart. I mean, they shut Hart down. I know York's injury isn't serious, but I mean, if it's anything to the point where it's going to bother him in the future or bother him for training camp next year, shut him the fuck down, dude. Oh, without a doubt. I think they'll do that. I think they'll do that. If you see him playing an NHL game, I think it's just because of the injury. Like, he's day-to-day, right? Yeah, he's day-to-day. I heard it was like nothing serious according to, to Flair, but uh, I don't want to mess with anything, especially during a season like this. I, I, I really don't care about him getting more AHL games down there or anything like that if, it's, if, if he's injured, you know? Yep, so last time we recorded was right before that win against the Devils in which Giroux put the team on his back once again. That was just, that was vintage Giroux right there, that game. Like, that's that's like Hackstall Giroux right there, the way he scored those two goals. Danny, it's been happening since we've been in high school, bro. He, he's been putting his team on his back, and uh, we talked about it last night. The, the magic of them getting hot around March and towards the end of seasons, have fi- it finally ran out. That luck finally ran out, and... Now we're we're dealing with the the consequences of, of, of that luck running out. What we're seeing what is left, honestly. Bro, I, I, you could pull it up. I don't know which episode exactly it was, but there was an episode when things started going downhill where I was like, this team usually picks it up towards the second half of the year and they always get better. It just doesn't feel like there's magic in this year. No, and there isn't. There isn't. There isn't anything at all. Did, like not only are they are they done for the season, but they they're lying down, dude. Like they they just lost three straight to the Devils. Like Chris said before, we just hit Paul uh, play nine straight losses they had before they uh, came and saw us, Chris, something like that. Yeah, they, they, it was nine straight, and then the first, and 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 then even and then even the game that they won, like they were down three one, they had to come yeah. back. Yeah, their captain had to claw them back at home. Yeah, that, that's right. something that Danny said all the time. Like the, the game, like, even the games that they fucking won this year were. We're down 3-0, and we got to claw the only way game, back. There was only two games this year that I was absolutely confident that they would dominate, and they did. And it was the – I don't know if you remember it, but it was the end of February. It was the back-to-back both road games against Buffalo, the 27th yep. and 28th. I remember. And they won both games 3 nothing back-to-back yep. shutouts. The only two games this year that yeah. I said to myself, okay, they might be turning this around. Well, then the shit hits the fan in March, and that, that was it. So um, – yeah, I mean, early on in the season, and obviously you guys know because, you know, we talk all the time. Like, I was thinking to myself, all right, it's early in the year. And I'm like, you know, it's 10, 20 games. Well, then they got hit with COVID, and then that kind of took a whole a whole different swing on the season. 
Uh, played a couple games without their their best guys. Then they got everybody back, and then they started March against Pittsburgh. And it was like, all right, pick up a couple wins here. We lost the first game, then they had, again, Giroux again with the comeback game mm-hmm. um, in that second game. And then the third game, <laughs> from there on, they were horrible. Yeah. Like, it was li- – I mean, I, I, I remember looking at a tweet last night, and it was like – Right now, their team goals against average is a 357. And their worst, I think, is a 374. And I don't remember what gear. I think I think it was 93-94 is their worst one, which is a 374. I think their last worst one was like, I think about it. Yeah, it was 06-07. It was 362. So if the season keeps going the way it is right now, they could have a worse team goals against average than the 06-07 team. And could even have the worst all time of the 93 94 jesus game. it's disgusting and like, Let, i don't even think it's a it's a debate anymore this is by far worse than the last hack year this is the least likable flyers team i've ever set my eyes on like there is never i've never been this disinterested in watching i still do watch the games but i've never yeah, been so too. like unplugged while watching games than i am right now like and, and I, it really irks me last night because I had work last night. I can't tell you the last time I watched it live because I've had so much stuff going on. I, can't and... I, I don't blame you at all. Because like you said, after that <laughs> Pittsburgh series, they, they lost to Washington. And then they win a game against Buffalo 5-4. But in that game, weren't they down like 4-1 yes. yes. or 3-0 or something? It and was they had a 3-1, against... 3-1 and then 4-2. And then they yeah. had to come back and beat them in a shootout. That's a and loss. Then, That's a loss. And, and then they had the 8-3, 9-0. How many games did they lose 6-1 this year? I mean... It's, how many uh, games did they get embarrassed this year? How many games oh, were dude. they out of by like halfway through the first period? Yeah. Oh my god! Mayor, what mean, are your thoughts on like the way they stick up for themselves and like the way it just seems like sometimes they just roll over and die? Uh, <laughs> like a dude can sit in sit in our net and hang on top of Brian Elliott yeah. for fucking twenty seconds and nobody even looks in the direction. Like I'm not asking yeah. you to go over and fucking punch the dude in the face and and, and yeah. start a fight, but like at least I mean, go grab clearly. Him. I mean, clearly you can tell that they're pissed. I mean, I mean, you see the reactions of the guys, and I mean, obviously it's it might not show it on the ice, but clearly they're pissed. But listen, I I had a few issues with some of the things they did this year. Like, like why why is Oscar Lindblom fighting someone? Why is Joel Farabee yeah. fighting someone? Like that? Like you you tell you mean to tell me you put guys like. Carson Torinsky in the lineup, and that guy hasn't done a goddamn thing since he's been on the team. This year. <laughs> he hasn't done, anything. and they still put him in the lineup. Like to me, it just doesn't make any sense. And I've said, I, I've said it to my dad before. I'm like, there are just some games where they look fantastic in one area of it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's power play or whatever, but they can't score. A, they can't score a goal at all. I mean, it, like the amount of times, like last night, I'm watching that the rerun of the game because I, I record most of them and i'm sitting there i'm like this might be one of the best power plays i've seen all year yeah the and it's the same good. power yeah and it was the same power play setup i said to do from the beginning have ghost at the point jean his normal spot coots at the middle jvr right in front and jake in his spot it's, it's and what do they do science. no it's, it's really not, not. And, and everybody wants to make it like it's a talent issue i'm thinking to myself you're kidding me right i said all they have to do is like and everybody you know and, and i know there's a lot of people out there that'll say 
you know, they need a goal scorer. They need a shooter. I said, no, they need someone to be a shooter. They don't need a shooter. That's what I'm saying. It's a mentality thing. It, yes. It's the same thing with the toughness. Uh, I said it to Danny in multiple episodes. It's not like you don't need a 6'7", 245-pound no. dude to, to, to go out there and stick yeah. up for your teammates. Last like, year, they stuck up for themselves, dude. Did. It's the same team. Yeah. They were yeah. good, and they stuck up for themselves it's last the year. the same team minus Tyler Pitlick and, and Matt Niskanen. Which, which isn't that drastic. Also lost Grant and Thompson, too. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm talking about before. Oh, yeah, yeah I know. I'm talking about before they added those guys. The, the, right. the real run, like the real yeah. team that was good last year. Because those guys right. were added, and then they kind of, the team just kind of fell apart after that. But right. it's just a complete mess right now, man. It's, it's so frustrating to, to, to watch. It, it is, because no one expected it. And that's why it's frustrating, because it's like, like it would be different if this was like, you know, like, like the third season of Hacks. Nobody had expectations. Yeah. It would be different because we'd be like, "Well, we knew we'd suck," but it's like you were looked at as a cup contender. Oh my god, it, this was supposed to be the next step. Yeah, I mean, TK is another one I look at. They were fifth it's and coming. odds third in the East, dude. Danny, on, we on, talked like, about Vegas it. Odds. We talked about it last summer, Dan. I'm sorry to cut you off. It, it's it's time to start talking about Travis Konechny, dude. It, it's time. Like he's not he's not it right now. It's, he's it's definitely not it. His play has improved, but improved is not enough. I will agree. It's, it's, it's not enough. What he's done, it's not enough. Nah, it's not. No, no I, I, he, I, he'd probably be the first one to tell you that. Yeah, one hundred percent. But I mean, I personally, I think there could be more from a lot of guys. It's not just. It's not yeah, possible. it's not. I mean, just Hayes hasn't done a, a single thing all year. Hayes, Hayes has been um, like in his own head the entire year. Danny said it last episode. Danny made he, you expected a lot from Hayes this year, and what. What did you say last week, Danny? You were like, what they signed him for, and like the, the the leadership role that he was supposed to be in. You didn't you didn't really see it from him this year, to be honest with you. The only time I feel like I saw Hayes like speak up yeah. and like act like a leader is when he was talking about Wade Allison when Wade Allison was first called up. He was, oh, I love this kid. This kid's awesome. Blah blah blah. Whatever he said about that. But I was, I think that was the only time I felt like. I mean, even Ghost came up and and. The, the, the fucking three games he played before he got waved, he he was cursing out the team. He was like, "This is a fucking embarrassing post game." Like, even he had the balls to step up, and, and he's done that before too. Like, yeah, I, I, always, I love that. I remember, love that. Like, yeah, like back when they had the ten game losing streak in seventeen eighteen, he was like, yeah. "We're horrible right now." And and he, he and I think to me, I think there's only a few guys that'll come out and say that. And it's you know obviously Jake's one of them if yeah. he's pissed off about something. And we've seen Drew that doesn't. Times. Drew doesn't. Like he'll say something along the lines of it, but he'll never say it with that aggression. Like, I feel like I feel like like Jake will be like, "Yeah, we effing suck right now." I feel like yeah. Drew would be like, "Oh, well, you know, we're just trying to get better. Everyone in here wants to win." Just like right. I mean, I guess I guess that's like the the, the response your captain needs to have. Your captain can't. I, I guess right. just can't. Yeah, because I, again, I, exactly. Like I don't think your captain can come out and say, "Well, you know, we're horrible or whatever." Like they kind of have to, you know, keep ever keep everybody calm and, and try to move everybody through it. I mean, I wouldn't mind if Claude Giroux came out and was like, we fucking suck. <laughs> now, you know what I would love? If he went on, like, spitting chiclets, like, off the cuff completely and was like, yeah, the organization, they, they fucking failed me. Like, if he was just if he was just honest, man, like, on, on chiclets or something. Like, you just get unfiltered Giroux. I would love to just pick his brain about that. Like you said, like in hindsight, if you were to look back on everything that's happened since, since we were, what, 15, 16, Dan, essentially he was handed... He was handed Pronger for a little bit, but like I don't, I don't really count that. He was like the, the the big player that he was handed throughout this entire time was he basically handed Jake Voracek and told him to, to to go get a cup. He wasn't handed a defenseman. He wasn't handed a, an elite sniper. Jake Voracek is the elite player that he was handed and told to go get a cup. It, it, I think it was only... Claude, Jake, and Wayne, dude, for mm-hmm. all those years. Like those three Who guys. 
just carried. Dude, I honestly think the only goal scorer that that, that G played with was Hartnell. Yeah, and like, he's not a goal scorer. Yeah, he yeah, was. he wasn't like some <laughs> no. like above and beyond exactly. goal scorer. No. Right. Like, he, and, and, and everybody wants to blame him for management problems, and I'm like, dude, just because the C's on his chest, you, you could put that C on anybody else, they'd still be they'd still be the same team. It and, wouldn't matter. Anybody blaming Claude Giroux does not know what they're watching. So, like, I, it's just if, if, if I'm on the timeline and I see Claude Giroux, hey, I kind of just scroll by it. I mean, if if you have sat down and watched the Flyers for the last couple of years and you have an actual problem with Claude Giroux as a leader and like as a hockey player, then like I don't know what you're watching because that. Dude... I just love how everybody makes like they know what goes on in the locker room. I'm like, you people have no idea. I know. I hate like that. everybody like, wants to make it up. like yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like you 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 don't know shit. Like you don't know what happens in that locker room. No one no, no one knows what happens behind closed doors, and no one ever has. And ev- and ever will unless like you said exactly. goes on chi- uh, spitting chicklets and, and, and tells yeah. us what happens. I mean like yeah. and you gotta love the people who are like oh he doesn't speak up in the locker room blah 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 like he Claude Giroux has never been a I'm gonna stand up in front of the media and, and say shit about my no. team. He's always been he, the, I'm he's gonna go always out been a ice. silent captain. Yes. Always, always, always. I'm gonna go out yeah. in the ice and I'm gonna prove it. And, I mean he's, he said on Chicklets once, like, he learned his captain's, captaincy style from Mike Richards. He said, Mike Richards didn't talk up all the time, but when he spoke up, you fucking listened. listened and I feel like yeah. Giroux is one of those guys. Every quote that has come out about Giroux's mentality, none of that has ever been bad since he's been here. Like, 07, 08. Like, it has all been, this guy is a fiery, competitive, throws it all out there in practice. So, like, the fact that people can just, like, put words in the people in the locker room's mouths that, like, oh, he's not speaking up. He's not he's not flipping t- tables and this and that. It, it, yeah, like like Mayor said, like it's it kind of sickens me. It really does, because you're you're just you're just kind of like forming up your own narrative, your own agenda of of this guy who's done nothing but carve himself a career in which he's going to be in the rafters. Right. Yeah, exactly, city. and and I kind of feel like you know everybody wants to blame him this year for not getting them ready for the game. I'm like that that's EV. Like like the coach is the one that gets them ready for the game. They have to obviously go out and play, and that that hasn't looked good either. But I, I think there's a lot that you could you could sit here and nitpick, but I just think in general, like there's obviously changes and changes that are going to be coming, and I don't I don't think it's them. I don't think it's like certain guys that they have an issue with, like like leadership wise. I think it's just them as a group. Like I think they have too many young guys because as we talked about before, they lost four veterans: Niskin and Pitlick, Grant Thompson. And then we kind of were just like, all right, well, let's throw the young guys at it. And I guess we all kind of expected it to, to go well because they were such a good team. And I, I don't think anyone expected guys to have down years like like they have. And obviously them not play like this. So I think we kind of throw all that together. It's kind of it's kind of hard to, to figure out what it what exactly what it is that's making them bad. But I think it's a combination of a lot of things. That's a fair point. I mean, if you look around the rest of the East Division, like especially the teams in the playoffs, they got the balance, dude. They got the especially they had, like they have a bunch of veterans, maybe some young guys infused in. But you are right. Like I, I feel like we are the youngest in terms of like teams that were projected to make the playoffs in the East Division. We probably were the youngest. Definitely one of the youngest. I mean, Capitals are old. What are the oldest teams? Say us and maybe probably the Islanders too. Pittsburgh is pretty old. I feel like um, the Islanders have more vets than us, though, don't they? Yeah, I mean, dude, they, they have. A they do, but I, but like their main core is like is young, like Barzal, Bavillier, Nelson. Yeah, he's a, he's a stud, though. Like, it it right. pisses me off. He's such a stud. Well, they got Aiden Green still on defense. Yeah, right? he's, 40, he's so 40. fun to watch, but I hate watching him. Nick Letty, he's an Islander. Yeah, yeah, I know. Nick Letty's thirty. 
Pulak's yeah. 26. Coburn's 36. You got Mayfield, who's 28. Also, have Jack with the added, so. Yeah. Yeah. Matt yeah, Morgan's I... 31. Right. Zajac's yeah. 35. Palmieri's 30. Uh, Lee mm-hmm. Komarov's 34. Zizekas is 30. Clutterbuck's 33. Like, they, they got a, an older team, too, for sure. Yeah. And a lot of those guys have been there for a long time. Yeah. I mean, those guys, majority of them, I think the only ones that aren't there are the guys like Coleman, Okposo, Tavares, Vishnovsky, all those guys. Yeah. <laughs> all those guys like that were there when they were like last season at uh at Nassau College and they're really good that year. Yeah. Uh, Wallstrom's their youngest. Wallstrom's twenty. Yeah, I can't. That kid's same. young as hell. I didn't even think he was that young. He's he's younger than Farabee. Damn. Damn. Yeah. So is Farabee like the only like glaring bright spot? If if you were to go into this season and and make a quote unquote bright spot, I think it would be, I think it'd be him, and then I think it'd be Ghost. Honestly, I think you could look at Ghost. I mean, I've loved everything about Ghost everything this about season. Ghost. I really have. Like, the way tough. he he throws it all out there. Like when I tuned in to watch games when the team w- was just dead, he was trying, dude. He was trying. He was playing his heart out. He was saying how it was to the media after being put on waivers and being benched. Ha- has uh, anything man. changed with Ghost though? Like, is he still a complete le- defensive liability? Yes, he, he, it's it's what he is. It's what he always will be. And, I mean, uh, he he's a third pairing guy. Yeah, he's I a third think guy. he knows his role at this point, and yeah. I think they clearly knew that they weren't you know going to lose him for anything because again, his his cap. You guys have talked about this. His cap hit is 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 high for being a third pairing defenseman. Yeah. But being a third pairing defenseman and being a guy that can play the top power play unit and a lot offensively that's that's perfectly fine i don't think is to me in a normal in a normal year and in, you know where the cap would have gone up this year to what like 84 85 mm-hmm. maybe yeah. 86 if we were lucky i think he would have even taken immediately to be honest if they were to put him on waivers at that point but i don't think they would have because the reason they did was to get some cap space. covid sure. fucked everything up could you imagine what the cap would be especially with the new yeah, espn yeah. and tnt deals kicking in can yeah. you imagine what the cap would be in about two to three years from now insane yeah. With that being said, I still think Ghost is gone this year. Yeah, probably. I, I think it depends on how they how they do Seattle. I, I seriously yeah. don't know what they're gonna do. Well, think about because, it. Because think about it. Ghost is a third pairing defenseman who is a power play one quarterback. That's what he is. You could probably get the same amount. I don't, I don't know about the same amount. I mean, I I know he's like what second or third in defenseman and goals, but for cheaper and a guy who could probably quarterback your power play one is probably coming up very soon in Cam York. So I think you could probably get like third pairing defenseman. Cam York could do that this early in his career. And then a guy who could probably power play a, a quarterback of power play is a guy like Cam York. So if they look at moving ghosts and, and getting a cheaper, younger guy in here and arguably better defenseman in here to do that, to, to, to I mean, if you throw a York on the third pairing next year and let him play with Morin or let him, let him play with Braun on the third pairing, and then let him dabble in power play one. I mean, that's pretty good value for an ELC contract because I think he could probably quarterback that power play the same way, if not better than Ghost. And I would hope that they yeah. would add another defenseman. They will. They're going to. There's no. I mean, I talked about it on the last episode. You got Hag, you got Braun, you got Myers and Sandheim, York Zamula. You got a bunch of guys to make decisions with next year. 100. I mean, I, I don't know what he's gonna do. Morin, Hag, Braun, Myers, Sandheim, Ghost. Like those are. There was this one guy that you can look at on the defense next year and say that he's 100% coming back, and that's that's Provorov. Everybody else, I don't know. Like, I, I I could tell you right now. I'd I say Provorov and Sandheim. I could see them moving Myers if it was like a package for another defenseman. I could see them moving Sandheim too. I really could. I mean, he's 25 years old. Like I don't think so. I, I, th- I think Sandheim's 
a lot better than Myers, and I think I just think overall I'd rather have Sanheim. I mean, again, has been disappointing. Man. I mean, Sanheim playing a lot better than Myers isn't really saying anything because they've both been shit. So, but I know True, what you're saying. I, I know what you're saying. But he's I would still rather have Sanheim. Sanheim. Oh yeah, for sure. He's too inconsistent to where you can look at him and be like, "You're safe." You know what I mean? Like he doesn't deserve that. But I know. Yeah, you're I feel like he's last young. season he did. Like, he uh, did. well, not, at least not from me. Like, I was I was open to trading him for line. I really was. But like, other other people that were saying like he was untouchable, especially when it came out that he might have been a part of that line ideal, him or Provorov. Like they were like, oh no, no, never mind. No, I don't want to trade the defense. But man, I would have. Yeah, at, at a certain point, you like when you have such a quote unquote deep defensive pipeline, like you do got to flip some assets, man. Yeah. I, I I wasn't trading another defenseman when you just lost Niskanen. You're like you already, you're so you just lost a top four, then you're going to trade another one for something you really don't even need. That wasn't something I was I was open for, to be honest. I mean, saying I was not a top four defenseman this year. He's played top four minutes. I know. I mean, he's just not that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we suck this year is because Chuck went into this offseason putting a lot, a lot of chips in his young defenseman taking that next step. And I mean, I don't want to go I, into next year as I feel like Phil he's done that time as my top four defenseman. I feel like he's done that because he's at Seattle in mind this whole time. Hmm? I mean, Fletcher, because if you think about it, he's going back, like, and I'm talking a long time ago. He said, like, you know, for Seattle and everything, like, this was, like, in the beginning, I think, of the 1920 season, he's talked about it. Like, he doesn't want to mess up the expansion draft again for how bad he messed it up with Vegas. And I think like, yes, he really did. (laughs) did. I mean, it was, it was very bad. Yeah. He did. He might have PTSD from it, to be honest with you, dude. Honestly, that's what I mean. Yes. That's what I mean. He does not want to fuck that up again. And I think he wants to haul a tuck. Tuck. Um, Oh my God. A lot of guys. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Um, I don't don't think he wants to mess that up again. And, you know, I, I feel like for the most part, he wants to make sure that they don't get get killed again. And I think he realizes now that the Flyers are in a better spot than Minnesota probably was, closer to a championship team and, you know, a, a lot closer, I should say. So I don't think he wants to mess that up again. So I think everything he's yeah. done has kind of had Seattle in mind. No, I agree. I, I think a I lot mean, of yeah. Flyers fans don't want to hear it, but I, I think he's realized that this season has been a wash for a long time. And like yeah. he's yeah he's he's not of the mindset like how can I prove the team this year like I think at a certain point probably like after March he was like expansion draft like we're just thinking about that he was probably thinking like a few games into March like watching periods he's like yeah this is just gonna this is yeah. just gonna this play, isn't worth salvaging yeah exactly I mean we talked about it a lot um, the the trade deadline wasn't wasn't a place to make the moves that need to be made to fix this team so. He's definitely nah, especially not this year. Especially not this year. I think he got rid of two guys he wasn't re-signing for picks. That, that's that's what that was. He got yeah, extra exactly. draft picks for two guys he wasn't going to re-sign. Now, we could talk about the guy that he did re-sign and he did bring back, Scott Lawton, who has mm-hmm. one point in his last 22 games. We could talk about him real quick because Danny told me last night that he honestly would have looked to, to move Lawton instead of resigning. Yeah, I, I, I personally would have. Just because, like, after all those years where we thought, like, we, we, he was a first-round pick on this guy, and we thought that he would never recoup that value and never live up to the, that first-round moniker, and then he does. He's, like, such an integral part of the core. And the only reason why I said we should have sold high on him is because I think he's, like, teams want him. Teams want a guy like him. It's not because I want him gone. It's, it's just because I think, like, he would have, he would have, um, 
raise some eyebrows. I think teams would have been interested in picking him up as a rental, but obviously if the, the if the right deal was there, he might have done it. So I don't know what, what he was offered from Lawton. Yeah. But if he was able to say, I mean, I, he probably wouldn't be able to get a first for Lawton this year, right? For a playoff rental? I think so. Uh, yeah. You think? Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah, I, sure. I would have done Maybe. that. I would have done that personally. Like, yeah, I, I would have done it too. I mean, like, he would have brought back. But the thing is, though, is, is, is th- think of it this way. I don't mean to cut you off, Chris. But no, you're good. Think of it this way. Is a first-round pick really valuable to the Flyers right now? Yes. I don't think so. I mean, Why? you're because you're, you're looking to win a Stanley Cup. Or I, mean, I, I could care you less can, about draft picks. But you could package that yeah. first. Like, if, suppose like they it's took Adam, JVR Chris. off our yeah. books, Seattle, and then like right. we could use that cap space package to package that first. Yeah, you could, yeah, but we have both now. We had both. Yeah. But I'm not giving up Lawton for well, another pick. No, I'm not doing that. What? I would rather keep Lawton. That, to me, to me, that doesn't make any sense. I would rather keep Lawton, use what Lawton has. And then use that for years to come instead of getting another first round pick for a rental when you could easily just try to get rid of the bigger contracts and expose them in expansion and trade them and bring in those guys that you have to do. Or they have to, you know, get for next year. It doesn't have to be for a rental. I don't whatever know. you package that first know. for. If a team was like, yo, I was gonna give you a first round pick for Scott Lowe and I would have drove him to the airport, dude. I'm sorry. I don't know. He's a, a fourth-line, third-line player that makes $3 million a year, has one point in his last 22 games. I'm not taking away what he brings to the team. He's a great guy. He brings great leadership. He brings great grit to the team. But if we're talking about a first-round pick for Scott Lawton, when you can turn around and, and, and insert Taylor Lozinski, Morgan Frost, that could probably bring, if not more, production to that spot. Uh, I'm sorry. First-round pick, I'm driving him to the airport. That's that's that's, that's a... And then, like I said, that's not because I don't like Lawton. No, it's, no. just, it's just because, like... Oh, yeah. And like, it's like what I'm sorry, Dave, what you said, like, he was drafted here and I mean, he was a quote unquote bust for so long. And if you were if you were if you're able to get a first round pick for a guy like that, I mean like you're just bringing that value back. You you you're getting value for a guy in Scott Lawton to at, at a certain point in his career, he was thought to be a first round bust. I mean he, he was thought to be an AHL guy at one point in his career. So if you could turn around and get a first round back, a uh, first round pick back for a guy who, honestly, if you were to go back in that draft, you're probably not selecting Scott Lawton where you did. So, yeah, I mean, there's well, a yeah. reason why he's making three million dollars a year. There's a reason why he got five. I mean, there's a reason why he got five years in the in the contract. I mean, he's only making three million. I mean, he he's a very movable contract. Yeah, but guys like him are harder to move though, because they harder because they want to play in yeah because they want to play in that city. I'm sure he like, does. I'm sure he loves Philly. I mean, he just got engaged. So I'm sure that he doesn't want to leave. But I mean, it's just right, right. Yeah, exactly. And that's what that's what Elliot Friedman was talking about. Like they're harder to move because they want to they want to play here. Like they don't. Which want is to shocking in- to me. I mean, what what have the Flyers as an organization done within the last ten years that would make people want to come here and play? Like Dougie well, the Hamilton. room they like each other. They're like ever like they're good boys. Yeah, it, you know? it, 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 it's all technical. Yeah, Raffle and uh, Raffle and Lawson. Lawton were like best friends. You, you hear the story where uh, Lawton and Raffle went on like a like a hangout one day, and Lawton used Raffle to like uh, propose to his girl, like practice to propose to his girl. So Raffle acted like his girl. So, so just just they're like really close like that. So it's it's cool to see. Like you can tell Lawton was a big locker room presence. He was a a good dude in that locker room. I mean, Absolutely, and, and it stinks. Like I would have loved to have gone on our cup contending year this year and had Raffle with the boys like. Going on that one last, it sucks the way it all played out. It really it, does. Yeah. But let me say this: after saying that, I would give him up for a first round pick. If we're if we were ever in like a, a a deep playoff run and this team was actually good, I want Scott Lawton on my team. Absolutely, 100% yeah, no, because th- he th- would make it so much fun. Like he's a playoff kind of, like, he's a dude that you want in a, on, on a playoff team. But if a team was like, "Yo, 
We'll give you a first-round pick for Scott Lawton. When Honestly, Chris, you can turn around next offseason. If you really want him that bad, if you really like him, you could have turned around next offseason in, in free agency and asked if you if you really liked Philly that much and he really wants to be here, be like, hey, Scott, come back in the free agency and sign with us after we just got a first-round pick for you. If, if yeah, you but, really wanted to. But then that again, bad. that does rarely happen, is, though. Oh, I know. I know, but, but the thing but is, like then, then say, you have really to, because then you'd have to do more things to make that contract. You know what I mean? Like, like you'd have to kind of change your whole offseason plan then just to re-sign Lawton. So that's why I would have rather just kept them because then you still have to put more money aside. Then at that point, like, say like, okay, just for shits and giggles, say they were to do that, they have to sign Lawton then in the offseason. And I don't know, just say they right don't now, have to sign Lawton. I have to do anything with Lawton. No, I know, but what I'm saying is. Say right now, say Lawton got traded to Toronto, okay? And say that he's he's there and there's been talk that he's going to re-sign with Philly in the offseason. And say the Flyers have a chance to go for Bucky Hamilton then. Then the Flyers would have to rearrange everything that they're doing to try to re-sign Lawton then if they want to because obviously he wanted to be here and everything. And I don't think the Flyers wanted to just lose him to lose him either. Um, they would have had to change everything that they were doing to then try to get Dougie Hamilton, which I know a lot of people have been talking about. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it, too. Um, as, as I said, they had to change everything just to try to bring back someone that they already had on their team. So that's why I would have rather just kept them, because I don't think the Flyers are going to be using the pick that they have this year anyway. Because I was already thinking from the beginning, and also it, I think it makes more sense now that Lawton's contract is, is bigger, the, with the term, I mean. Um, is I think all those bigger contracts are going to be exposed, like JVR, like Voracek, um, like Ghost we talked about a little bit too. Um, I think those are going to be all exposed because then you have it's it's more money that you can that you can kind of get back. And I think if they're going to go for a big guy and if it's a trade, I feel like it's going to be something kind of like a Gudis Niskanen kind of thing, where it's like you kind of have to eat a little bit of money and take like kind of a, of a bigger cap hit back. And I, I I don't know. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that, too. Well, if th- th- this is my thing. If if you were looking, at, like you said, if Chuck Fletcher was really looking at the expansion draft and he really wants to, to get rid of these big contracts, flipping Lawton for a first-round pick would have been something that he probably would have wanted to do because if you flip Lawton for a first-round pick, you can, like Danny and I just said, you could use the first-round pick, first pick. Oh, yeah, I'm not using have, that first. I'm not using that. And then the other one, as you, you could just throw that at Throw that in with with Voracek or with yeah. or with JVR to, to move that contract. First round picks, you can move contracts with first round picks, man. If you get another yeah, first but round pick, the first this move. year aren't really as valuable because nobody knows anything about this draft besides uh, like what the top that's ten. That's a bad excuse. The first round pick still a first round pick, man. Right. I I, I again. I, but it's not as valuable as it would be because no one really knows much about this draft. I mean. People haven't seen much on these guys in the last, what, year and a half or so? I mean, you can look so, at it, and you can jump back in the first round and get a steal because it's, it's, oh, it's yeah, a draft sure. that you don't yeah. know about. So, right. Like, yeah, it could go exactly. either way. Yeah, yeah, you could look sure. at it as a, as as more valuable than any other draft because you can hop right. you, you, you can hop back in the first round pick at any spot and possibly get a fucking stud. So I think this draft, in a way, is could be more, a little bit more valuable in, a, in, in in that sense. Like in the second or third round, you can like uh, that's why I think this draft in a way is is more valuable because you can really get a stud late late if you if you do your homework and you have nice scouts and you know what you're watching. And I understand like some leagues didn't play this year, but you can really get some good players in this draft. Like if if there was any draft over the last couple of years to to stockpile draft picks, it might be this one because you can get a stud in the fourth or third round. Yeah, but if the Flyers are going to be looking at stockpiling draft picks, then you might as well just 
at, at that point, it's like I'm not, I'm not saying then they're not making it. Right? I'm just saying use a first round pick to move a bigger contract because first round picks are very valuable. Yeah, or, or go get a player. Or go get a player. Yeah, first round pick, you could do anything with a first round pick, bro. I'm, I'm never complaining for first round. Imagine if we had two first round. Chris, imagine if we had two first round picks in this draft coming up, and Chuck was like, "Yeah, we're not using." Either of these first round picks, we know moves are coming. We know either a player's coming. But if if they were to use those picks and get like high end guys, like if they were bringing like a top end defenseman for that, I'd be perfectly okay with it. I would love for. Them oh, that's to what dang- I want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that's that's right. why we want the first. I mean, I I'd love for them to dangle first with. One oh, of I don't want them to contracts. use the pick. Yeah. I don't want them to use the pick. I mean, I'm, unless unless they get like pick number like or they win the lottery somehow or, or like Kent, some fucking Kent Johnson drops to like fourteen or something <laughs> like that, dude. That kid's a stud. Well, let's or, talk about uh, Dougie Hamilton. Go ahead, yeah. Because I heard you bring him up. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what, what do you see his name floating around on on the Twitter boards and stuff like that? Everyone's Is been it? talking about Dougie. Hamilton. Yeah, everybody's been talking about Dougie Hamilton. Um, Dude, I don't know when him. that was brought up. Fuck it. But <laughs> Fuck. It. I, I think I think that would be first of all that would be literally insane if they were to pull that off. Um, I think the Flyers could do it. He'd be a set and play with Pro Rob, dude. Oh my he's, god! He's only twenty-seven. Oh my god! He's arguably one of the top defensemen in the league. When I think of Dougie Hamilton, why do I think like he's like thirty-four years old? Because he's, he's, he's been in the league forever, hasn't he's he? Been in, yeah, he's been in the league since what twenty? He's twenty-seven, I mean, yeah. dude. Dude, he was he was with Boston in their yeah, he broke in with uh, the Bruins, yeah, yeah. And, this uh, is my thing with Dougie 13, Hamilton. 14, I think. Why would he want to leave Carolina? That's that's what I'm. That's what I think too. I'm like, why the dude, fuck? Why would you want exactly? To leave Car- I'm a diehard Flyers fan, and I wouldn't leave Carolina. Because Carolina is smart with their money. They they don't have a, like a ton of money. They're a small market team. Like small market teams do have to cut their losses sometimes, man. And they do have yeah. a lot of defensemen, like making five point three, five point two, four mil, four mil. Uh, Slavin, I mean, he's Shea, had success Gardner, every time he's and every year he's been there. What what, what was that, Chris? He's had he's had success every year he's been there. I mean, he's played top pair with Slavin the whole time. I think they've made the playoffs, and every year he's been as our, uh, there in Carolina. He just so scored, I, he just scored an, an overtime winner a couple of days ago. If the Flyers yeah. could make that happen, like I'm green lighting it. I want it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and that's kind of where I'm like, if they can pull off one of those moves where if they get a guy like like Hamilton or or, or like Ekman Larson or something, like they make this big trade. And they bring in that top defenseman, it, it, like kind of like a like a Subban for Weber, like shock to hockey world trade. Because mm-hmm. I I think the Flyers are going to be one of the stories of the offseason in the league. They have to be for what, for what they do. exactly they have to be. I mean, to me, I look at it like this: this is make or break. Whatever you do in this offseason, and if it works next year, great. We you know you roll with it. If it doesn't, we are in the same fucking thing we were this past decade. We're looking at ourselves like. What are we going to do now? Because you're at a point where you could miss the playoffs again next season. Then then what happens? Then you're looking at AV getting fired. You're looking at Fletcher getting fired. And we're yep. restarting this whole goddamn... Tear it all down. Yeah, yeah. I said that. We're in the same, I said that last episode. If we're in the same spot this time next year, then AV and Chuck are definitely on the hot seat, if not already gone. Yeah. Because, again, I think I think Comcast is more, Fuck more patient... <laughs> I think they're more patient this year than all years because I think they realize they're close too. And Elliot Freeman's kind of talked about that on Sportsnet on their podcast, the Thirty One Thoughts. And I'm, I'm just really hoping 
this was all Chuck really waiting for the expansion to make his big move. Like that's what I'm really. That's what I think it was too. To, to be honest. So are we in agreement that like we need the Provorov pair? Like like we we all in agreement. We, on we that? need a, we need we need a fucking guy that can come in and play with Provorov and just and be, be a leader, assistant dude. with him yes, all yes. year. Just like Niskanen was. I'm glad you're in the like, same boat as us because we've been harping on this for so, episodes. Like, yes, so, like somebody who's out there and and they're in their that defense. guy's played with like four defensemen this year. I don't mean to cut you off, yeah, but yeah, I know. he's played with fucking Myers, Stanheim, uh, Braun, Ghost. Like, dude, how many more guys are you gonna put him with? I need a guy that's gonna come in here while Provorov's on the ice and he's paired with him, and they're in the defensive zone working, and Hart saves a yeah. puck. And a guy goes up to heart, kind of uh, snow showers him a little bit, and hovers over him. I need a guy to walk up to that player, grab him by the fucking head, and throw him out of the way. Like, like just get the dude away from your fucking like stick up for yourself. Yeah. Like this, this team doesn't give a fuck. It's disgusting. Like, like we saw it last year. Niskanen came in here, and like, I don't know what he said in the locker room, what what he brought, but like. Everybody else around him, like Hayes was doing it. Like it wasn't I don't think just, he said much. I think he NAK just did it. Was he doing did it. it. That was Everybody the thing. He was did it. Doing it. Yes. He did it. He cross-checked people, bro. He he killed people. Like he remember that yeah. game he destroyed Crosby. Yeah. Like he sent messages to the teams. Like he did it to. Uh, he got suspended for it with Gallagher in the playoffs. Yeah, dude. That's what I said. Yeah, it broke his jaw, yeah. right? Yeah. Char- and, and, and look, he, look at Char and what he's brought to the Capitals for seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, that's I'm gonna ask you guys this hmm. because I, I've I've said this all year and I I still still don't like like what I'm about to bring up. And I, I haven't since probably the, the first two games of the year. Wow. Do any of you guys like like these lines? Like, I feel like these lines have sucked all year. They're not consistent like, enough like, for me to like them. Just, just for last night, ready? I'm just going to go off of last night because I'm watching the, the, the rerun of the <laughs> oh, game. I'm thinking, what the fuck am I watching? I go on here and I see Coots, Kuturiev, Lorchek. Okay, that, that's been a line for years. I like that line. Wait, what? Faraby. What were you gonna say? You said Kuts Couturier Voracek. Yeah, yeah, and this was last night's game against you, New Jersey. You mean G Couturier Voracek? What did I say? You said Kuts Couturier Voracek. Oh yeah, sorry, G <laughs> Couturier Voracek. My bad. Yeah, you had me bugging right there. <laughs> Farby Hayes Konechny. Ready? Oh yeah, and, and this is the third line: JVR Patrick, Albie Kubel, and then Lindblom, oh my god, Lundin and Allison. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like what the fuck is that? I, I get bad. the top six. The top six is fine. I like that. that what is, is that awesome. bottom six? What is that? Why line is Obi Kubel? Why is Obi Kubel on the third line? Why is Obi is... Kubel playing? Give me your synopsis on Obi Kubel, uh, Mayor, because we, we've harped yeah. on him quite a bit on this podcast. We've we've he's, definitely not let him off the hook this year. He's um, he's young. He's very aggressive when he doesn't need to be, and I think because he's twenty four, I think he is, or twenty three. Um, I I think it's just going to take him some time to be like that. He's taking some stupid penalties, but a lot of stupid. them are those penalties. They're, as I said, I mean, when you're aggressive, you take a lot of holding hook. Yeah. You know, like, he's taken. I think he's yeah. taken a couple. Um, he's had some uh, little penalties, man. Especially yeah. when the team's frustrated and you're getting hemmed in. Like teams are cycling on you. Like, I and think... he's he's taken some ones where it's led to like some goals that are like, oh my uh, god, yeah. make it like three one or four one or something. And it's like, yeah. I love NAK. Like, I'm sure. He, I'm like. He's a he's a good player when, when when he's on top of his game, but I think what we've seen mm. f- this year from NAK is is consistent with the inconsistencies of his career. To be honest with you, like th- him being down in the AHL for so long and not being able to find his game, and then finally finding his game last year, and then being inconsistent this year. I think 
that's just where you are with NAK, inconsistency. And uh, when you start getting inconsistent and you start losing confidence is when you start seeing penalties like that. And then you mix that, like, not a, like you, you mix his individual woes with the, the team being ass, and then you really start to see penalties, like bad penalties being taken. I, I, I think it's a combination of everything. We say it all the time, like, he was dubbed to be the Pitlick replacement, but yeah. he has yet to really, like, bring the elements Pitlick brought last year. I feel it's like another one of Chuck Fletcher's like a bad mood by Chuck Fletcher. He looked at NAK as a as a potential play, replacement for Tyler Pitlick. Like I remember me and you talking about it. Like NAK had to come in here and at least try to cover what Pitlick lost on the left, and it, it, it didn't happen whatsoever. Nobody came in here, and honestly, which is him. weird because NAK, like we were getting really excited about that kid last year, man. The way he was coming along, he was deservedly coming along nicely. so. The entire team last year, dude. It's just that that's what the, that's the mind-boggling thing about this season is like the team didn't change over completely. Like it's not a completely different team. I mean, next year it will be. You will not, Chris, me, Danny. Like there are going to be some players that that you like that are not going to be here next year. Like this team is not going to be the same next year. And I I I, 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 I firmly stand by their, that. I think the Flyers are going to pick out their core guys. Me too. One hundred percent. I think Chuck Fletcher is going to pick out his dudes that he wants. Like I said before, multiple times on this podcast, he is yet to put his imprint on this team yet. This is my team. This is my. The only imprint he's made is Kevin Hayes and Matt Niskanen, who's retired. So I think this offseason, he's really going to he's gonna look at Farabee. He's going to look at Couturier. He's going to look at Giroux and be like, these are my core guys. These are the guys that I want here for the next five, six, eight years. Limblom's going to be here. I mean, you just signed Lawton, so he's going to be here. Konechny, what do you do with him? What do you do with yeah. Konechny? What I think, I think you, you keep I think you, t- you keep Teagues. Me too. I think the upside weighs. Uh, unless like you get some kind of like deal that blows you out of the water, mm-hmm. you keep Teagues. I'm like, not you don't, trading Konechny. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm not trading Konechny. Like I said, unless you get like a deal that like blows you out of the water, like and like the deal comes to you, like you don't fish for deals for Konechny. Like you same hold thing, on to him. Same thing you said about Kateria there's nothing year. I mean, this whole up. season. There's nothing to be reactionary for. Like there's no need to, to panic. Other than the and, older guys, the older guys are the only guys I'm looking at that you could probably move on for because those guys are not going to be in your plans. Three, like, yeah, like if you could slip JVR out here, do it. <laughs> and yeah, and I just love that. I love that. Like all the guys that got so much shit last year, the guys are having the best seasons. Ghost. I know. Yeah, it's just it's, that's just typical flyer shit, bro. It really is. It's just uh, Vorchek too. Vorchek's the leader in points this year on the team. Yeah, <laughs> and he hasn't done it in in big stretches, but he's had some moments where he's looked really good. And and, and, and he has. He has. And and not not even if it's led to points. And you know he's had some plays where it's like, oh my god, it's like vintage Jake, like. That one game against the Rangers, the dude, it was like holding somebody in the corner for a one-handed pass out to the slot. I was like, oh my god! See, he, he, yeah, he did one of those vintage Jake moves. That's that the game. thing with Jake, though. Like he's good when he's like try. Like I, I hate saying trying because I, I know he's fucking trying out there. I know the entire team is trying, but like there are times that you look at Jake Borchek and he's like he's skating real fucking fast and like go like going crazy. He looks like he just fucking snorted coke or something and, and hopped on the ice. You know what I mean? Like he just looks like he's and then, then after that shift, you, you don't see it. Like, it's inconsistency. Like you just need. It doesn't seem like he, I don't know. I don't know how to put it into. Words. Yeah, he plays much better angry. It's, I will yeah, say that. Like, like someone needs to like punch him in the face or something. Like piss him the like Mike Seleski, where the fuck his name is? He's to write another article <laughs> or something, dude. Because he plays Drew too. Drew and Voracek. They, they they both play so much different when they're when they're. Pissed yeah, they, off. they they do. And it's weird. It's, it's always when they go down like two nothing or whatever. Yeah, then like, they, then they turn it on. Like like, like we have to be eighteen points out of a fucking playoff spot for you to finally start playing like that. Like it, it's 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 what 
I've been arguing, like, screaming about since I was 17, 18 years old. We have to be down a certain amount of points in a game or we have to be out of a playoff spot at a certain point in the season for, for shit like this to happen, for us to... For, for for us to see these players really start to take off and see this team actually start trying. I don't know, man. It's so frustrating. Nah, I totally agree, dude. Some changes need to happen, but like like Mayor said, you can't, like, it's not the offseason for wholesale, like, fire sale, flea market type. It's just, you got to play your cards right, especially with the flat cap. Like, it's a minefield right now. It is. And you got to get through it. It is. Um, But I want to talk about, like, who... Who's the defensive core? You're like, it's like I feel like this is something that people aren't really talking about. This decor is not going to be the same coming back. And I, I think there was one spot on the team that if you were to look at and be like, they're definitely not coming back. It's it's the decor. Like, yeah, these well, like, are not I think two defensemen. Here. I think there's two defensemen I could see getting moved or Hagen, Hagen Braun. But I honestly, I have no idea. I, agree I mean, with I, you, I I think I, I think I'm, I think it's a little too early to to look at like defensemen that they could be getting rid of i think the forwards are a little more easy to kind of kind of to work around but i think i think as the d i, I again I, I don't see it as like again i i stress this a lot don't you know don't be a reactionary i don't think anything fletcher's i don't think anything fletcher has done has been reactionary and i know a lot of people look at like the trades he made at the deadline and they're like oh well he just did that like last minute like right like three o'clock no, he did that because they were two guys he could have got for picks, and, and at that point, he was just like, "Well, I'm probably not re-signing them anyway," and flipped them for draft picks. Anybody complaining about like Gustafson? I, I would have. Yeah, is is I don't I don't know what they're talking about. Like what he did. I, I know. Trade deadline was perfectly fine, but for, for what we needed, we needed like a little he, bit of yeah. cap to be to, to a little cap cap room. Raffle wasn't any a part of this team, and Eric Gustafson needed to go. He, yeah, I totally about? agree. You gotta love the negative Nancy's always on Twitter, like giving Fletcher so much shit for like going in this year. Because like, they feel like they could do it better when they'd have no idea where to start. Yeah, yeah I know. Like, 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 I know. But there's some people that are like, see, this is why I said you should have went out and got Josh Anderson and Alex Petrangelo, as if it's that e- like it's NHL 21. Like, thanks, dude. yeah, thanks. Didn't know I uh, didn't want Alex Petrangelo on the fucking team, dude. Like he wanted to go to Vegas, right? Like I'm pretty sure he wasn't looking at. Dude, he was set in stone Vegas. from the beginning. Literally, the only, the only team you heard was Vegas for Petrangelo, and and they, and on, and to be quite frankly with you, they didn't have any money for any of those guys. No, no, no. But you know, if, if you tell Kroon. them that, if you tell them that, they yeah. think that's a loser excuse, though. They think, yeah, like, oh, exactly. look how far this brand has slipped to the mm-hmm. point where. Not every free agent doesn't want to come here anymore. Like, dude, that's just like that's the, that's the name of the game, man. Like Vegas, like yeah. what? There's just like no income tax. Team's good. I think yeah, they have no, no state tax. tax. Yeah, no yeah. state tax. Yeah, the team's good, dude. I would want to play in Vegas too. Yeah, I mean, they've been good since they come in the league. They're already looked at as a cup contender with Alfred Angelo. Dude, you're playing I hockey mean, games on the strip of Las Vegas. Exactly. Like, uh, why, sign me up. Why wouldn't you want to go there? I mean, Petrangelo was just probably like, screw it. I've already won a cup. You know what I mean? Like, you can try and go and win. And that's probably his closest bet. And I think the only team that really was was out there looking for a top defenseman was Vegas. Like that, that was like you know we need the next step. And I think that's what the Flyers are going to be this year. All right, I think that is enough time for us today. But the Flyers do need to make some changes. But right before we finish up, let's finish up with the Phantoms. Just how much that sucks, Chris. How many more regular season games? Chris Stumpo, Mayor, if you know. How many more regular season games do they have? Do you know off the top of your head? 
Yeah, so the Phantoms have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left, including today. And they play Hershey at three with Cam York still out with a lower body injury, which fucking blows. So you were mentioning the potential of shutting him down. If he comes, like, when would he come back? Well, he's day to day. He might come back Wednesday for the Hershey game at home. All right, yeah. So, I mean, it was day to day. It hurts nothing serious. Like, if I'm, it sounds like if, if it was a playoff game, he would, he would be playing. Well, I love how that got robbed from me. At the very least, I wanted to see... I, I actually, I texted you. I was like, the the thought of... Because, like, the COVID, everything with the bubble, we weren't able to go to a playoff game and get bombed. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to make up for that lost time by going to a Phantoms game, getting fucking waffled, watching Cam York play in the playoffs with Tyson Forcer, and then wait, one day later, that tweet drops, no playoffs. So, whatever. I'm done with this this year. This year. Give me the next October. Fuck it. Write it out. Let's go. Wrap it up. Yeah, I'm definitely done too, for sure. All Eagles, Devontae Smith. <laughs> Honestly. Phillies. Phillies, boom. Oh, God. Fuck the Phillies, Please, dude. Don't, don't even get me started. Fuck the Phillies. They suck. No, no, that's just the baseball. It's going to be ebbs and flows. They're still in, like, first. I can't. Or the tie for first. Damn that bull. Dude, they need dude. to put wins together. They fuck. There's no, they do. At every, at every point this year, they've been 6 and 6, 7 and 7, 8 and 8, 9 and 9, 10 and 10, 11 and 11, 12 and 12, and 13 and 13. Absolutely, but baseball is such a long season. It's like such a long season. But it's always the only no, not the early games them. for the Phillies against the in-division teams that kill them. It is. And, like, it, actually, oh, and late season collapse. Like, September collapses yeah. is, like, the theme. Right. Like the, I feel like they always get hot in August and will win, like, 10 straight, and then September they'll lose, like, 12 of 14 and then mm-hmm. completely remove oh, themselves. Hold on, let's talk about uh, Fedorov real quick, Chris. Uh, yeah, uh, he got traded today for money compensation from... Uh, tractor to uh, CSK. Um, I don't know what that means, but I think it's similar to Rubsov when he his rights got traded in the KHL. Yeah, it's just um, rights getting traded, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, which game. means I know for the Rubsov situation, I don't know about Fedotov, but I know Rubsov's North American rights were different where he could have went back, where it would have made more sense for him to go back because he actually got traded to his hometown team with like the team that he got flipped by. <laughs> He's having a pretty um, good season. He's 14-7 with a 9-2-5 save percentage. Two, the yeah, goalie one. factory continues onward. Yeah, he's he's huge, dude. He's like 6-7. Like, the guy's a monster in that. And the goalie, what would you say there? The I said the goalie factory continues onward. We keep building. It does, bro. But all right. This was the Liberty Yell episode 60. Honestly, that's crazy that it's 60. It's really crazy to think about. I'm glad we had Chris Mayer on for 6-0. Uh, will not be... The last time we have him on. This was an awesome nah. time. Um, follow him at Chris Mayer. Was it underscore Chris Mayer? Yeah, on Twitter. Chris Mayer, yeah. yeah. Hit him up, Flyers Fan Mania. 93 on YouTube's content. It, like, no one's doing it like him right now, honestly. Maybe, yeah, maybe a couple other people. No one's doing it as high quality as he's Chris Mayer is at with, this point. He's coming out with videos even after we get blown out, dude. I got Bangers, too. Bangers, too. Bangers, for sure. Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. Definitely going to have you back on. Imagine all of us on the pod if the Flyers were actually good or if the Flyers were actually in a playoff spot right now. Oh, I could sit there for days. That's what I'm saying, dude. This would have been a two-hour episode. 24-hour-long podcast. Mm -hmm. Dude, we go live on Twitch. We would do everything. Live stream. We would do everything. Just talking about hockey. I I would sleep on the Twitch stream. Oh, yeah. I'm about it. Let's do it. Next year. Hopefully next year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go for it. Go for it.